0: Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous: A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the twenty-fourth day of January, 2014. And today we are reading from the Big Book. We're in the chapter Bill's Story. We are going to start on page 13, the bottom paragraph. My friend promised, and. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Sharon, 12 Traditions, Rachel, and then Kim, Julie, Hoodie, and Sharon. And that's Sharon RS on both of those. And, a ref- and the share code for yesterday was 5813, and that's for Thursday, the 23rd of January, 5813. Oh, a preamble. People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. And I will now ask Sharon to please read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning. This is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Path.
0: Thank you, Sharon. I will now ask Rachel to read the Twelve Traditions.
2: Good morning, this is Rachel, compulsive over and anorexic. The Twelve Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass.
0: Thank you, Rachel. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone in order to have a quiet meeting. Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the Uh, the chapter, Bill's story. We are starting on page 13, the bottom paragraph, My Friend Promised, and I will ask him to begin reading, please.
3: Thank you, Monica. My friend promised when these things were done I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God, plus Enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain a new order of things were the essential requirement. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. And good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And this second paragraph, this, this is the key. This is the key to freedom. You know, a lot of definite language here. You know, a price had to be paid. It meant the destruction of self centeredness. You know, we must turn all things over. You know, this, this was the root of my trouble, my self centeredness. You know, when I came into OA, I thought food and weight was my problem. And unfortunately, for well over a decade in OA, I thought food and weight was my problem. And if that truly was my problem, then the dozens and dozens of times that I put the food down, I would have been okay. And if weight was really my problem, then the dozens of times that I lost weight, I would have been okay. The problem is when I put the food down, I am exposed to my true problem. My true problem is myself. My true problem is restless, irritability, discontentment, and uncomfortability of my own skin. And the only solution I have known is to go to the food. So if I don't want to go to the food anymore, that means I have to take care of my real problem, which is my self-centeredness. And he's not saying just handle it lightly or tweak it. He's saying destruction of self-centeredness. Now, my experience, one of my problems was when I tried to do these steps, I injected self into it all over the place. When I did step three, and it said turn your life and your will over to God, what I did is I played God and I told God these are the things that I need. I'm going to give you instructions. I'm going to turn this over to you, and I want you to do it in this time frame, in this way, with this person. And then I would get frustrated because God wouldn't do what I wanted. When I did my fourth step, I was told to put myself on my fourth step. When I did my ninth step, my biggest amendment was to myself. I am so self-absorbed, and self is my problem. And I once again, from my experience and what I see people is, no, 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 you don't understand. I have low self-esteem. I need to take care of myself. And the fact is, low self-esteem is still about self. I am so self-absorbed. Whether I'm self-absorbed about how I'm a piece of crap, or I'm self-absorbed on the other side with arrogance that I need to get my fair share, and people aren't treating me right. Either way, it's all about me. And we're going to be told in a couple pages, even before we start the steps on page twenty, it says our very lives as ex-problem drinkers, depends, depends upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. So when is the only time that I'm not thinking about me is when I'm thinking about you? Which is why carrying this message is so critical. Because every time I get involved with self, whether it's low self-esteem, high self-esteem, You know, I'm often told, we're told by society, self-care, take care of yourself, take time for you. That is the exact opposite we're going to hear in these 12 steps. These 12 steps are not gentle. These 12 steps are not about self-care. It's telling us right here, a price has to be paid. It meant the destruction of self-centeredness. And for many, many years of my life, before OA and in OA, I thought it was the exact opposite. And I had to look at what were the results of taking care of self. It found me crawling into the rooms of both readers anonymous. So if I want to be free of this disease, if I want to be free, I want, if I want to deal with the true nature of my disease, it meant the destruction of self-centeredness. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Would anyone like to comment on, the, on this last paragraph here?
4: Barbara Lorna from Pittsburgh.
0: I heard Barbara and then Lorna. Lauren or Lauren, excuse me.
4: Thank you. This is Barbara. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and this morning, two words are flashing out at me, and that is to establish and maintain the new order of things. You know, this essential belief combined with, as it says, the willingness. Honesty and humility to establish and maintain. Well, I'm thinking and looking back at my life before recovery, and I really didn't know in any area of my life what it was to maintain something. I knew what it was to accomplish, to be driven, to accomplish something, and then once it was done, you know, like throw it away. Never go back, never redo, never finish it over never sustain maintain i mean maintenance whether it was with weight you know never ever to keep doing what i was doing to accomplish it but to go back to the old way and coming to this program where it was really a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of my spiritual condition that's a whole new thing it's so scary i remember it was so scary to Think of maintaining weight, not going back to maintain, being free of anger, catching it in the inventories and in the living this 12-step way of life every day, not doing the steps once and then it's done. Let me tie it up. Let me package it up as it says, you know, let me graduate. I mean, even keeping my car in condition to go for oil checks up. That That's a whole new way of life to me when it says a new order of things and to practice these principles in all my affairs. I just like to use something. Let me buy it. Let me use it. Let me throw it away. Let me buy another one. That was that was the way it was with all of my affairs, and it's a whole new way, a recovery way, a way of living to actually learn to do something repeatedly as a practice, as a way of life, and I am so thankful for it because it has indeed um, given and continues to give me a whole new order of things. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Lauren, go ahead.
5: Hi, <clears throat> Lauren Esch from Pittsburgh, recovered compulsive reader. The word. When it's says simple, a price had to be had to be paid. I have in my book, recovery is not convenient. It is not convenient. Heck, it's never convenient. It's never convenient or comfortable. And I looked up the word convenient, and it means favorable to one's comfort, purpose, or needs. So recovery is definitely not favorable to my comfort, absolutely not, to wake up early, do my prayer meditation, which, in a weird paradox, I now seek even comfort in God, in the fellowship, and in this work. I take comfort. It's, this is crazy, guys. I take comfort in, in writing a fourth step. Because I am given the opportunity to figure out what I need to what what's wrong with myself, I get the opportunity I get the opportunity to clean my room and fill it up with new things however I'm, we're on page fourteen, and I definitely did not seek comfort or see a purpose or a need to do to do a fourth step. I did it, I did it, and I put my heart into it. But I was like, this is just not fun at all. We're on page 14, so I don't want to jump to, like, my spiritual awakening, but um, recovery is not convenient. And the word requirements, essential requirements, a requirement is something demanded or imposed as an...
0: Laura, Lauren, we've lost you. Star one.
5: Okay, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> okay. Uh, requirement. Requirement is something demanded or imposed as an obligation. And then it, the word must. Must is to be obliged or required by morality, law, or custom. I heard this, this someone say there's no must in this program. Um, there's only one requirement. Well, for the fellowship. For the fellowship of OA, there's one requirement, and that's a desire to stop eating compulsively. There are no musts for the fellowship, but to be recovered, to be recovered, which is not the fellowship, it's the second part of OA. To be recovered, there are requirements and there are musts, and those are found in the, these um, steps. Thank you. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Lauren. Would anyone else like to comment? Janice,
5: Janice, Penny
6: C.
0: Janice and then Penny C. Go ahead, Janice.
6: Yes, thank you, Monica. Good morning, everyone. My name is Janice M. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Simple, but not easy. Well, what's <laughs> what's difficult? If it's not easy, it's difficult. What is difficult? Difficult, and was talked about previously. A price had to be paid. What's the difficult part of it? The difficult part for me, as a compulsive overeater, was giving myself up, giving my power up, because I'm the only one that thought that I could do everything, my self-reliance, because of uh, my self-centeredness. I didn't think that anybody could do any anything better than me. That's what had to be given up, is myself, me, myself, and I. What's simple? It's simple to turn all my problems, follow directions, turn all my problems, turn all my circumstances, turn my food, turn everything over to what? The Father of Light, which is a higher power whom I choose to call God. That was hard because when we think we know everything, how can you turn yourself over to something that you can't see or haven't experienced yet? But the program teaches us this: what this is what has to be given up is my self-seeking, my my uh, self-reliance, um, and just trusting. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice. Penny C. Go ahead.
7: Good morning. My name is Penny. I'm from uh, South of Boston. A recovered compulsive overeater, and I just wanted to focus on that just that first word of the second pa- uh, part that we read. The word simple, and you know, the program of recovery is simple. There are twelve steps we follow, and in just one hundred and sixty-four pages uh, that we read in the Big Book, there are all the directions. What could be more simple? Yet, as I find in 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 uh, the fellowship. It seems like many, many of us, many people are complicating this. You know, there, there's a controversy that has arisen among some of the OAs that I know. And, and one of the questions is, can you really count a telephone meeting as a real meeting? Or is it just, you know, fluff? And And I don't know anywhere in the big book where it says, how many meetings, or can you count certain ones? Can you count one that's at a at a home as opposed to one that's in a church hall? You know, and so as we go along, the fellowship has has made it so complicated. Ninety meetings in ninety days, and we must we must do all these things that are not in the big book, and and for sure, maybe some of those. Activities might be helpful to some people, but the program of recovery is simple. As I said, 164 pages that instruct us how to transform our lives. You know, it has, you know, I mean, there's books been written with hundreds and hundreds of pages that that are, are not simple. But I think my, my um, to summarize what I'm saying is, you know, just like Dr. Bob said to, to, to Bill, as Bill left Dr. Bob for the last time on his deathbed, Dr. Bob said, you know, let's not louse this thing up. Keep it simple. So with that, I'll pass. I think it's just, you know, something that we just need to, to look at. Thank you. This is Larry. Thank you, Penny. Karen. And
0: Larry, okay, hold on, hold on. Larry and Sharon, was it? Karen. yes. Ka- Karen. Karen. And Sharon. And Sharon. <laughs> I'll get you all. Okay, Larry, go ahead.
8: Oh, thanks, Monica. Um, thanks for your service. This is Larry, Recovered Compulsive Overview from Chicago. Um, I guess to me, you know, it's, uh, it's this whole notion of self-centeredness um, when I look at that, and it says that, you know, we, we, we hear and we read in the book about getting rid of self-centeredness. It must be removed, um, has to be smashed. The thing is, is for me, that I, I used to think that I could do that, you know, that if I just tried harder, um, I would be able to remove my self-centeredness. And um, I could no more remove my self-centeredness then I could alleviate this, uh, you know, the compulsion of the mind, or I can change the allergy of the body. I could not remove my own self-centeredness. If I could, my goodness, I, I wouldn't be on this line. I wouldn't need. I would need. A, I would need a higher power. I wouldn't need this program. So what I did, though, is uh, for for many years, um, I tried harder to remove my self-centeredness. I knew inherently that it didn't need to be smashed. I wanted to be, and I had evidence in my life that I sometimes for a period of time um, may have appeared that I wasn't self-centered. In fact, I strove. I I worked really hard uh, to to maybe to prove to myself and to others that I wasn't self-centered. I, you know, I took, you know, wives on trips and did things for my daughter. I still do. Isn't that evidence? Look at me, you know, Look at what a nice thing I did here and there. The thing is, I can tell you today is that uh, the self-centeredness, God had not removed my self-centeredness. It feels different today. Um, I couldn't do that myself. Now, somehow, by working these steps, this simple program is very hard, but very simple, step by step. Somehow, through that process, I absolutely believe today that God has indeed removed my self-centeredness, and now what's changed is my motives for wanting to serve. See, that's the difference. Before it was serving, my motives were to to look good to others because certainly I needed your validation to feel better about myself. I don't need that anymore. So today, um, by working the steps, um, the greatest gift is that God, somehow, this God of my understanding has removed my self-centeredness, and it feels, it feels different. And so now when I serve, my motives are purely um, intrinsic motives to, uh, to serve others, and, and that, um, that, that process has made a big change in my life, and it only came, I could not save myself from the quicksand. I just had to stop fighting, stop kicking, stop thrashing about, and that was the difference for me, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Larry. Karen, go ahead.
2: Star one to unmute, Karen.
9: Can you hear me now?
2: I can, I can. Go ahead.
9: Okay, great. Hi, I'm Karen. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Delaware. And I'm so thrilled to be on this meeting live. I've listened to the recordings many, many times. But it's just so fun to be on live. So thank you so much for having this meeting. I've, got, I've been so excited to share because I'm on it live that I'm worried it's my self-centeredness that wants me to share. I'm not trying to carry the message. So um, I've been praying about that. But the thing I wanted to talk about was this line that says, Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things for the essential requirements. To establish, someone else said this, but when I was desperate, I could establish. But what I really need to do is maintain this new order of things. I really need willingness, honesty, and humility. My ego wants to say, oh, it's not a big deal, Karen. You don't have to get up early this morning. You don't have to make a phone call to a newcomer um, because I start to feel better. So the desperateness isn't there. But that's definitely where I need humility to say, no, this is all God. And if I don't continue to maintain this new order of things, that um, my ego will come back and my self-centeredness will come back and then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but slowly, the food looks good. Or I start to be smug and complacent are my two words that are my watchwords? I can't be smug or complacent. So God, please today, may I have willingness, honesty, and humility to maintain the new order of things. Thank you, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Karen. Sharon, you're up. me? Sharon, yes, go ahead.
10: Okay, thank you. Thank you for your service, Monica. This is Sharon in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Welcome to everyone out on the line as well. Um, Yeah, I wanted to do that one sentence too. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements And um, uh, I must always remember that God must be first in my life. I must have this relationship with God and surrender uh, all that I think I want to be and and think I am and all of those things and place myself under his care and direction. And then um, in order to maintain uh, this new way of life, like it says, it's a daily reprieve. And I see part of my problem was as I uh, would go through the steps and then I too would get smug and complacent about being faithful to maintaining um, this new way of life through uh, the steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, One of my things was uh, something would uh, bother me and I'd say, oh, that didn't bother me. No, that didn't bother me. Oh, yeah, that didn't bother me. So it was my pride, my arrogance, thinking I was above certain things. And uh, so today, I know I must when I see that I am restless, irritable, or discontent, angry, or fearful. I need to write these um, things down and then um, confess them and share them with someone because that is how God keeps me on maintaining and the ability to maintain these essential requirements for day-to-day recovery. And it is simple, but it's not easy. And, um, and the destruction of self-centeredness, you know, that's, that's the process through these steps that we learn that God is going to do that for us. I, too, cannot make myself uh, not be self-centered, not be dishonest, not be any of those things. Uh, I have to, you know, surrender those to God and use this process so that he continues to root those out of me. And I am so grateful to understand that today in in a new way. Um, and I am so grateful for this meeting and for everyone on the line. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Monica.
0: Thanks, Sharon. And this is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And this, and this little paragraph sounds kind of scary here. Simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of the Light who presides over this all. You know, if you want recovery, the the big book is telling us this was what we have to do. But has a recovered uh, compulsive overeater on looking back over my shoulder to where I came from. A, A price had to be paid. And what was that price? It was a change, a change in my thinking, my attitudes, my behaviors, because you know what? My attitudes, behaviors, and, attitude, and what thinking was, was all messed up before I did this process, and, and uh, life wasn't going very well, you know? How's that going for you, Monica? Well, you know, it's not going very well. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. And that's what this is. The self-centeredness is me, me, me. But I did not know that I had this issue until I went through the steps, until I did a very thorough fourth-step inventory. And, oh, you know what? God gave me a new set of glasses that I could see what I didn't see before. And he had me know what I didn't know before. He showed me these things as a result of working the steps. And so I just wanted to say that, you know, don't let this scare you. It's simple. No, it's not easy. You've got to do the work. You've got to take the actions. But if you take the steps one step at a time and go through them,
7: you,
0: you will have this. And, it, and the bottom line is turning everything over to God, everything over to God because he has done for me these years what I could never do for 50-plus years on my own. And with that, I'm going to pass, and let's move on to the next paragraph. And Julie, would you read, please?
11: Hi, this Julie, a Republic Compulsive Overeater. <coughs> these revolutionary and drastic proposals, But the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had ever known. Through his utter confidence, I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. This is such an amazing paragraph. And, you know, what is Bill talking about, you know, with the proposals? And I know we've covered this before, but on page 263, you know, there's six of them, and they're listed. Complete deflation, dependence and guidance from a higher power, moral inventory, confession, restitution, continued work with other alcoholics. Well, it, it, the paragraph is very simple, but not easy. Um, and he talks about that peace and serenity, as i ever known. That's that flip the American again which I never knew existed because I lived in ego. I lived in self. Um, And and then the the last sentence when he talks about God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. And on page uh, 567 there it talks about what is that, that spiritual experience. Is a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism? And, you know, in 1939, the first edition, they didn't even have um the word experience, they had awakening because it did come sudden and profound a bill. But for me it took a long time. And but once once I had that experience, I am forever changed. Um you know, I didn't rocketed it in that part the I don't act the way I used to. I don't think the way I used to. And it's all because of this program. It's because I did the work and I'm doing the work every day. You know, yeah, the weight loss is great, but my change in my life is more important. Um, You gotta put the food down, but being rocketed in this fourth dimension, having serenity where I never had before. This is what this program is about is having that relationship and learning and then helping another. So thank you very much, and that'll
0: pass. Thank you, Julie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph?
12: This is Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Leah.
0: Okay, I heard Katie, I heard someone else, and then I heard Leah. Who's in between Katie and Leah?
13: Mary Lou, California. Mary Lou? Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, Katie, you're up. And then Mary Lou and Leah.
13: Good morning, this is Katie a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Gordonsville, Virginia. And these are revolutionary and drastic proposals. Uh, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. And, you know, that was my experience, that I, the scales of pride and prejudice were removed from me and I was willing to do what someone else who was recovered told me to do. Whereas my years in OA prior to that and my life for 27 years prior to that was yes, but. Um, so once I I stopped saying, no, I can't do that on this occasion and that occasion and actually got through uh, a period of time where under you know every bad circumstance you could think of and I still was able to Bridle my tongue, keep the food down, not make a new baggage in my life um, <clears throat> that built upon itself. And so now, when calamity comes my way, which it does, because I live in a fallen world with other people, I'm not on you know an island by myself. Um, I have my own experiences. The last 26 years of recovery to say, well, I got through that horrible situation. Uh, let's see if God will carry me through this situation. So I don't have to keep reinventing myself, which is what I did uh, prior to recovery. I was always looking for the new, the new way to live, the new diet, the new religion, the new, um, you know, mind game, the new uh, whatever you want to say. And today I've resigned from the debating I have found a solution that works, and I work it on a daily basis. And, you know, I don't have to worry about what other people think of whether this is a meeting or not a meeting or, you know, this counts or that counts. I know that my life is clean and free because of this practice. And that didn't happen on my own. Um, God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. That was my experience, but I didn't realize it at the moment. And Bill is writing this, you know, not at the moment that it happened. It was in hindsight that he realized that God uh, changed him. I know it fell on the floor and, you know, it was pretty profound. I didn't have that kind of a white lightning experience, but I really did because I was working as a caterer. I was constantly around food. I was eating if I was awake, I was eating. And the next day, I went to work, that same place, and I did not have the desire to do that anymore, ever. Now, that is profound and um, sudden. And that is what happened to me. But even as it was happening, I didn't even realize it was happening. It was, you know, a time had to go by because I just was carried along.
2: Katie, we've lost
0: you. Star one. Katie, star one, we've lost you.
3: Okay, I don't know where
13: you lost me, so I'll just, I'm done. I'll pass, thanks.
0: Thank you, Katie. All right, Mary Lou, go ahead. Hi,
13: good morning, everyone. Um, thank
14: you so much for um being uh here this morning uh, i think it's monica that's got meetings morning
2: um yes
14: uh, mary lou recovered in southern california um this uh this paragraph out of the big book i i am uh, been listening every day i get up at four in the morning i get up at 358 <laughs> put the coffee on and get on the phone and i am so grateful to have come to vision for you um I resonate with this reading this morning, I I am there, I am here, and I, I sound kind of wacky, but every morning I wake up, I'm like, my first thought is, glory, glory, hallelujah, I can't get that song out of my soul, and for anyone who's new on the line and can't put the food down, I've put the food down through the whole holiday season, I've taken the steps I'm recovered, and I've been calling in for a year and a half, and I took the steps with a man and a man who changed my life and It wasn't about him; it was about me putting food down and getting the mind my mind clear enough so that I could take the steps um, and you know, I won't go into my history in 12 step food programs, but what this big book study has done for me is it's take, it's made me grow up. Look, I either want to shit or get off the pot. Do it. Do it or don't. But this isn't a place where I'm going to come and tell you all my problems, get sympathy, and continue to grow to 500 pounds. This is a place where I get a solution. And everyone's welcome. Yes. Yes. But I have never cried and screamed and snot's coming down my face as I'm doing this work. But, you know, the liberation that came afterwards has been I wake up every day and stuff has still been thrown at me. I had to do a 10-step with someone on the phone yesterday because my mouth got me in trouble. Stuff comes my way because I'm human and I'm, you know, despite the effects. Uh, and, and bad things are still going to happen. And um, I'm going to blow it, but I don't have to pick up the food as my solution. Um, but I am waking up uh, because of this big book, because of you, because of uh, the uh, willingness to that God can do this for me, that it's not just for Leah, it's not just for Kim, it's not just for, it's, I kept thinking, well, if those women have it, I want what they've got, so I'm going to do whatever they're telling me to do, you know, and I got to meet, I got to meet, um, I went to the L.A. convention this week, and I got to meet Harlan in person, and it was amazing to get to hug him and see him and talk to him and be around recovered people who were talking big book at the L.A. convention. And it was so alive. It was electric. It was standing room only. There was tons of people that were talking big books in Los Angeles. And I was so excited to hear all of that. Um, I'm kind of jumping around, but I just want to tell anyone on the line that's new or who's been around forever. You know, I wasn't in LA. I was in other uh, offshoot programs that focused only on the food. Well, I had to leave that because my hair was falling out. And I was losing my period. I was starving all the time. I have to say one last thing. My sobriety, defining what my abstinence was, was probably the most arduous, difficult thing because someone was telling me this is what you need to eat. But I'm thinking I'm losing my period. I'm losing 20 pounds a month, but I'm losing my period. That's not working for me. That food plan isn't working for me. So I had to actually... Divorce myself from that kind of rigid black and white legalistic thinking, and come into a, an O.A. nutritionist that helped me to find a food plan that helped that really worked. So defining my sobriety was actually about nine months worth of pain, anguish, crying, despair, and then finally I said, "Okay, I got to trust that I'm not going to gain weight on that food plan. It's okay to eat that little bit of extra food that doesn't that's not from the offshoot program, and it's okay." Uh, to take the steps now and which I did and um, I am waking up and I am singing glory, glory, hallelujah and it is coming from the deepest part of my guts. So keep calling, do what you can with the force that you ran to the burrito, run to the big book and it will change your life. Um, anyway, that's all I have to say. Good morning and um, have a wonderful day. Thank
15: you.
0: Thank, Thank you, Mary Lou. Well, yeah, go ahead.
15: Thank you very much, Monica, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. Obviously, we're in Bill's story here. He's having a white flash experience, a very electric experience. The big book describes that as a sudden and spectacular upheaval um a a spiritual experience. Now you know uh they added the appendix in the back. I encourage you to take a look at that where they reassure the readers that um although this is Bill's experience, certainly. Uh, we can be comforted by the fact that we can have what's called a spiritual awakening, which is not a sudden white flash experience like Bill had, but is a gradual transformation. But whether you have a spiritual experience, which I'm told less than 10% have, or whether you have the more common gradual spiritual awakening Uh, The result is the same. It's undergoing a profound alteration in our lives. The way that, um, you know, my attitudes, my ideas, my emotions, my core belief systems are rearranged. We call it a personality change, right? Personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. It goes on to say here, um, well, these were... Again, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals, yes. What are these drastic proposals? These drastic proposals that are ahead of me are the steps, particularly steps four through nine, which is not a comfortable process. And, yes, it is drastic, (laughs) like pulling the skin off one's body. I mean, we're not talking about alcohol in this paragraph. We're not talking about food now. We're talking about the way I live my life. I'm trying to find a new way to live. At this point, uh, about to embark on, you know, on the action steps. I'm no longer a slave to food. The food is down, yet my ins- yet enslavement uh, still threatens me. Right? My ideas, my emotions, my belief systems—they they threaten my very existence. So I'm going to have to face myself or I will always be running and I will never be truly free. And that's where the steps come in. If my problem is self-centeredness and there must be a destruction of self-centeredness, what's the opposite of self-centeredness? The opposite of self-centeredness is God-centeredness. God-centeredness. If my center is God, then everything that I view through life, my relationships, challenges that come up, my interactions with my loved um, ones—you know, any anything that rears its head—will be. I will be able to view it in proper perspective, meaning that there is a God, and I'm not it. Because my self-centeredness uh, contributed to my failure at life. I had created a whole universe centered around me and what I expected as life. And only if those things and the planets were lined up just so, then I would feel comfortable. And if it, it wasn't like that, well, then I was going to dig my fist into a cellophane bag for comfort, for gosh sakes. What the big book does in these 12 steps is awaken a spirit alive inside of me. I get put back together by the master's hand. He says here in this paragraph, God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. Again, Bill describing his white flash uh, spiritual experience, sudden. I didn't have such a thing. However, I walked a path that I had never walked before, and I experienced the God I had never experienced before. Why did I need to have those drastic proposals? Uh, why did I have to take those drastic action steps? Well, because my mind was going to keep taking me back to that which was killing me. So there had to be a transformation of thought and attitude, and that's exactly what the steps do, is tear down that prison that I had built around me. And by tearing that down, new characters uh, you know, were able to be established, much like a, uh, you know analogy I think of is a hot air balloon. The more things I keep dumping out of that basket, then the higher, <laughs> the freer I become. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah.
0: Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
6: Janice. This Sally.
0: Anna Sally. M. Janice and then Sally. Go ahead, Janice.
6: Well, thank you, Monica. Thank you. Very briefly, um, my name is Janice M, and I am a recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, I love what the previous uh, you know person was talking about, revolutionary and drastic. Well, well, well. My disease, when I was in my disease, boy, was it drastic. Was it ever drastic. It got me high blood pressure. It, 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 uh, I, I did behaviors that were unfathomable in my life. Drastic, very drastic. I had knee replacements. Was that drastic? Okay, so now I have a choice. Do I want to do these? Maybe a little difficult, <clears throat> pardon me, steps for a way out. To produce the spiritual awakening, which we're all looking for, so that I won't have that obsession of the mind, or do I want to continue and maybe have another um, drastic situation in my life that I have to go my, by my own self-centeredness? You see, yes, it destroyed my bo- This disease destroys our bodies through diabetes, high blood pressure, knee replacements, etc. Utter defeat. Whereas. Here, it describes Bill's spiritual experience, and the result is a sense of victory. Oh, boy, victory. I never felt victorious. I always felt defeat. I thought I was getting, you know, my way, but it was always followed by less less and less and less and a peace and serenity. Boy, Um, in my disease, I wasn't peaceful and serene. That's the result of the 12 steps. The disease is restless, irritable, and discontented. So make a choice. I had to make a choice. There was nothing left for me. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
16: Thank you, Janice.
13: Sally, go ahead.
16: Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. To Sally, we covered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And um, good morning, a vision for you. And so when I take a look at this paragraph, I think it ties very nicely with the previous paragraph because the previous paragraph, it talks about the father of light. And then the next paragraph, where we are right now, it's talking about this effect that's electric. And of course, at the bottom of the paragraph, it uses the word sudden and profound. Now, these people at this time period when this was written, they did not have uh, dimmers. You open a light switch, they didn't have soft white bulbs, and the room lit up. And so here he's telling us, I must turn in all things to the Father of Light, who presides over us all. There were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. So he's, he's obviously had a very bright light experience here that he would refer to in so many ways, to electricity here. He's had all electrical experience. When he looked at these words, these words revolutionary and drastic proposals, right away I, I think to myself about all the dieting I did in my life. You know, when I went to Weight Watchers, we never talked about a spiritual malady. We talked about 23 points. I juggled my points between ice cream and um, You know, the the point system, you know, in the supermarket that I could have as much sugar as possible that stayed within my 23 to 25 points, and um, it was all about diet. Everything was about a diet. Now we come on this phone, and we're talking about, we're not talking about the food. We're not talking about a diet. We're talking about revolutionary and drastic proposals, and we're talking about God. When I look at the bottom of page 64, and it says, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. That's what it tells me on the bottom of page 64. That I'm going to straighten out mentally and physically. And here I am, page 14, it's telling me that I'm going to have, I'm going to have victory. That it's going to be followed by peace and serenity. And this is not something you ever hear. In Weight Watchers meeting. So what we're talking about here is the steps. And the steps are not the solution. The solution is a relationship with my higher power. The steps are what lead me into a healthy relationship with my higher power. And what happened here to Bill was sudden and profound. He was suddenly and profoundly catapulted into relationship with his higher power, just like the guy on page 56 who was suddenly and miraculously catapulted. Yes, not all of us are going to be catapulted into a relationship with our higher power. But as we work these steps, we are going to have utter confidence, just like Bill. We are going to develop utter confidence through God suddenly and profoundly. Thanks for letting me share, Monica. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sally. And we've come to the end of our time for this morning, and I would like to thank everyone who has shared. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Hoodie, can you read a vision for you, please?
12: Certainly, Matt. Well, good morning. This is Hoodie, a compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.